Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian B. Today, we're going to get into Hip Hop is Dead, which is Nas's eighth studio album. It was released in 2006 under Def Jam Records. It, uh, it had some quality features on here. You had Kanye West. You had Khalees, his wife at the time. Snoop Dogg, Will I Am, The Game, Marsha Ambrose's, uh, and of course, Jay-Z. Um, the album debuted at number one when it came out. Sold over 355,000 copies. Very controversial at the time when it dropped because of the title. You know, Hip Hop is Dead. It was very divisive. Um, we had Snap Rap at the time. We had a bunch of different things that weren't being uh, introduced into the fold that a lot of old heads weren't really that fond of. Um, what did you think of this album? When it was originally... Uh presented like i was just like oh shit this nigga is going at the every region like he's going at everybody like i felt like damn he's saying hip-hop is dead and this means that he's going at everybody like it like it's just a divisive thing because at that time people was complaining that like this is like pre-mumble rap like so when people were just upset with like snap rap and people felt like uh the dominance of the south was a problem mm-hmm. right so him doing this like caused brought him like more beef than anything and like a lot of people was riding with Jay-Z so like prime example Jeezy had an interview and like Jeezy wasn't like privy to what was going on but remind you they're label mates at this time and they asked Jeezy like yo like how do you feel about not saying hip-hop is dead and Jeezy's a newcomer and Jeezy's like hip-hop ain't fucking dead like and I gotta I got proof with all these number one hits and records and yeah. I'm on the charts so him and Nas squashed it like you know like they they got everything like you know put to the side. Obviously, that's how we got there. The first version of my president is black, but I just think that Nas was just very angry at this time. Still, mm-hmm. like right. So him and Jay Z like they mended things, and like that was like fixed. But I felt that like Nas was just very jaded. Um, Nas is also a very very arrogant Virgo. So I just think I just think you that we, <laughs> I just think that in that being the case, like I felt that like Nas was hearing a lot of music and he was uninspired. Yeah. Yeah. I think um it's funny because when you look at a title like Hip Hop is Dead now, back then it was just like controversial because, you know, it felt like he was targeting that specific sound that was coming up. And now he would just be deemed an old head that's like not embracing the new times and mm-hmm. shit. But what's funny about this is that, I mean, and I wanted us to do this album just because it's one of those that kind of gets buried in Nas's discography. But like, um, uh, dead, buried, see what mm-hmm, I did? Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets buried for a reason. But like, it was just funny to me also that like weeks later, because Nas is in this crazy streak right now. He just released a new project called Magic with Hit Boy. And on the run of this project coming out, he said something that was interesting. He said uh, when he said hip hop is dead back then, he was mostly talking about New York rap. And I was like, huh, I wonder why he would do that. And I think it stood out to me because he's on this whole rejuvenation type vibe and he doesn't want to come off like an old head. So he's working with somebody like Hit Boy who gives him this new sound and this like this younger energy. 
And so he had to go back to go address that for how he might have came off. Yeah, he still was. I think he still was wrong. Um, the thing, the difference when Nas and a lot of uh, people in his class came up, right? They were 17 years old and they were making music about the streets and being mm -hmm. outside. But as time progresses, um, you had somebody like Soldier Boy, right? Who, who Ice T said killed hip hop and everything was the worst thing mm -hmm. about rap. Mm -hmm. Came up and they were like internet kids and they mm -hmm. weren't outside as much and they weren't talking about what was going on in the street. But at the same time, it's like, they were just making fun music. Yeah. And like, think about it. Like, that's just like old man, like waving his air at the clouds. Like, yeah. that's what, the, at that time, I remember vividly, like, that's what they were mad about. And like, making songs like Laffy Taffy, mind you, the D4L niggas and some of the most street niggas from Atlanta, like, she'll ever, like, meet. But, you know, they were just basically, they were just making songs that just felt good in clubs that people can dance to. And I think what a lot of people lost is that, like, yes, in the early 90s, you got gangster rap from the West Coast, mm -hmm. and then you were getting, like, um, gangster rap from, from New York City, right? But before that, I mean, in the 80s, like, hip-hop was about getting the party started and dancing and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people lost track of that. And it, it sucks that in hip-hop, people want, like, positivity and things to, like, uplift you and shit like that, right? But if you don't talk about the struggle, if you don't, if if you don't talk about having your gun or having having um, adversaries, right? Or as the kids nowadays call them ops, it's not real hip hop. Yeah. But think about it, like, I somebody might come at me crazy, but you got to think when Soulja Boy first came out, he probably was like the most hip hop as you can think of. Like, if, if we're talking about was. getting the party started, like yeah. getting thing, like having fun, being positive. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a negative force on hip hop. Like there was nothing that he was doing. Now, let's get into this. Nas is very, very, very supportive of drill rap, right? Like mm -hmm. he fucks with a lot of the, the rappers and drill got a music, right? Shout outs on the, yeah, on they the got project. on the album, right? But I could argue that drill rap, nothing about that is positive for hip hop. Like besides, besides making a lot of um, families rich, yeah. Like, right, it's getting a lot of dudes off the streets and getting them, you know, into a lot of good things. But nothing surrounding drill, drill rap is just as bad as, like, gang or gangster rap that was in the, the late 80s and early 90s that came out. It's, it, some people might argue it's worse. Because, like, the, like, these songs, especially coming out of Chicago, like, sometimes, like, they paint the picture of exactly what's going on. And then next thing, because of what that song, after that song was released that person gets shot at. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like weird, like Nas being upset at at that, right? And then him saying like, New York is falling off. Like a lot of the rappers in New York was was shook because of shit going on with 50. Everybody that put music out, they couldn't side with this person, side with yeah, that person. Yeah. So, and at that time, Nas and 50 was divisive. beefing, yeah. right? So I think Nas was just saying that and he was just mad at a lot of shit, and he just said that, and he should have been more clear about it, and he wasn't. And what he said now, I think, is bullshit. I think so, too. And I think it's more so, like I said, to save face because he needs this this newer look. And it was just interesting to me that he does sample uh, Soldier Boy on this album from when he said, when he quotes Nas. And he's like, yo, Nas talking about hip-hop is dead. I think it was on 4016, or was it... Uh, Meet Joe Black. I forget which song it is. I think it's 4016. It's not 4016. Yeah. So um, he samples him on there when he's talking about Nas back then. And he's like, he's like, oh, Nas saying hip hop is dead. And he's the one that killed hip hop. Nas killed hip hop or whatever. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting callback um, leading into this. But yeah, to get into the album itself, it kicks off with uh, Money Over Bitches, 
which money, is like, I thought it was money over bullshit. Money, money over, over bullshit. bullshit. My bad. Yeah. Money over bullshit. Money over bullshit is produced. Sorry. It's produced by LES. Yes, it's produced by LES. Long time collaborator. Yo, shout out to LES. LES mm-hmm. produced Life's a Bitch and, Sh- and AZ Sugar Hill. Yeah. Like it he don't he doesn't get it doesn't get more of a classic classic hip hop records than that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is dope that like Nas like worked with LES. Like even like this is I think this is twenty years into his career and like he still like was working with that man. And that just shows like the chemistry that they had. Um but this is this was a cool opener. Money over bullshit was dope. Um, I didn't really have much else to say about it. Like it, like to me, it was just like a testament of him and um, him and Elias's like working relationship mm-hmm. and getting together on this project. Afraid not of none of you cows, but of my own strength. That just that stood out to me. That's a very typical Nas line. Um, you can't kill me was the next song on here, which is eh. It's cool. This, uh, yeah. Storytelling. Um. One thing that Nas does really well, and I don't think that he gets a lot of credit for it, is storytelling. Yeah, no, he does. You don't think he gets enough credit for that? Not enough. Okay. Nah, not enough. Like he like when people talk about storytellers, they talk about Scarface, they talk about um Slick Rick, obviously, right? They talk about Ghostface Killer, um Biggie gets some nods mm-hmm. or whatever, but I think I guess that, you're right. And and what I'm saying is it's just like because like we'll get to the song where I really think think that like Nas really really showed out with his storytelling mm-hmm. but like he like you know I, I just feel like if it's highlighted they don't talk about the storytelling part they just talk about like the concept and I get it like concept storytelling is the same thing but like Nas' storytelling is very good to and like I think that's the reason detailed yeah he's very, very detailed, detailed and that's why I, I kind of I hate that um after Belly because um you know Nas's the original screenplay for Belly was Nas. Mm-hmm. That's why the story is like that, right? And then like other writers got it and then they fixed it up a little bit. But um I I, I would like to see Nas um write some some film screenplays. Like get with like a really good writing team mm-hmm. to help him out and like flesh out a good story because like what he raps is pretty dope. On the stories in his vivid. Like I would love for like Tyler Perry to give like a hood hip hop division and just make really cheesy uh, movies <laughs> with Nas, <laughs> like on some Lifetime shit, but like the hip hop versions of these stories. I would I would love that. I'm laughing at LA looking up as soon as he heard Tyler Perry. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Perry will be because Tyler Perry will make it the smoothest transition. Hey man, I'm I'm with whatever Tyler Perry want to do. I'll, quick, I'll give it a go. Quick sidebar: Did you know that uh, Raekwon was trying to? Uh, get a Wu-Tang movie done, and Leonardo DiCaprio was down to produce it. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. But what happened is, is uh, it's in his book, what happened is, is RZA kind of like, was like, well, I already have a relationship with these people over at Hulu, and a television show series will be better for what the story we're trying to tell. He was like, two hours isn't enough to tell our story. Mm-hmm. And I agree with the RZA, but Raekwon's beef is, is like, I wanted to be like some Wu Gambino's thing, like some kind of like mob shit. And in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, but you know, you kind of, I, I I think in his mind, damn, let me make sure I say this right. In his mind, he wanted it to be a, a more of a mafioso kind of feel, Mars Scorsese kind of feel. And neglecting the fact that like, they were just regular, regular kids growing up in Staten Island. And the way the show depicts it, it's not like some candy corn shit. Like, them niggas was shooting at each other, even though, like, the stories are, like, kind of, like, exaggerated. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that show besides the dude that plays RZA. I hate his voice. But I just find that really funny that, you know, I get it. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. And and it probably would have been great. And, you know, he was seeing the success of uh, 
he was seeing the success of Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the television show is the way to go. I think a television series for a lot of these stories, because you, I think these stories span over 20 years. Yeah. I've watched some some mobsters talk about, like, Goodfellas and Casino being depicted, and they're just like, yo, it's so much shit that they missed. Yeah. And like, think about um, what a TV series could expand on. I know Mike Tyson was originally fighting for a TV show instead of the movie. Because oh. that was, like, his backlash towards it. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Mike oh. I got another story. So Mike Tyson was producing a show with Spike Lee called The Brick. And um, John Boyega from uh, from Star Wars was mm-hmm. going to play young Mike Tyson. But the thing that confused me was is that it wasn't set in Brownsville, Brooklyn. It was set in Newark. Oh, okay. Like, it basically was Mike Tyson's story, but opposed to having the story be in Brownsville, the story was going to be in Newark. Everything else was the same. They was going to be telling the story. And were they, gonna, were they just going to shoot in Newark? Or it was no, like that it was set? that's why I was called The Brick. Because oh, it was, it, it basically, it was loosely, yeah, it was loosely based on Mike Tyson's life and elements of his life. Like the kid, like John Boyega, he was going to be a boxer. Like he was getting the shit. I remember all that shit because I worked on the pilot episode. And um, like, yeah, like Mike was adamant about it. But like the show didn't get picked up. I think it didn't get picked up because how can you sell a story about Mike Tyson that's not based in Brownsville? That's not, yeah, that's so weird. Like, I remember that shit. Spike, Spike shot the pilot episode and everything. But yeah, sorry guys, sorry guys. Other, than, uh, little, other little. than the location, it sounds like it would have been dope. Yeah. Um, Carry on tradition is the next song in this album, and it's produced by Scott Storch. <sighs> the coke was coking. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't care for this song that much either. <sighs> like it's just, it's such old nigga vibes where it's just like, yo, like where, like this is where rap is. This is what it used to be. Like let's keep this going. Like that's that's just what he's on. Yeah, Scott Scorch was was the in demand producer at the time. Mm-hmm. Nas had the budget, and I felt like he just spent all the money to 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 get these Scott Scorch beats. He did not need this. Why, where's DJ Premier? Where's yeah. Large Professor? <laughs> that you know what that takes us right into our next song. Where are they now? Um, where are they now? Is the next one on here? And in this song, he's basically talking about all these old goats in rap. Mm-hmm. And just calling them out. And I guess it kind of goes to his point today of what he was talking about, of calling out these New York rappers and saying that New York rap is dead. Which is probably what this should have been called if he was calling out New York. Yeah, he should have said New York rap New is York dead. New York rap yeah. is dead. He said um, hip-hop is dead. Yeah. Um, Salem, Remy. Mm-hmm. And Nas. Excellent producer. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is, is from this song, it led into, um, he went on to, well, no. But for the, the predecessor to this was the the autobiography of Rakim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rakim wasn't happy about that. Yeah. And it's funny because like Nas is such a student of the game and he learns so much and he's such like a, a, a big reader. I think it's really funny that like, you know, he, he was able to do this. And I think he's one of the only few rappers that basically say, like, yo, what happened to the fall offs? Like yeah. and like niggas not get mad at him mm-hmm. because Nas is so cool and smooth. He he's able to like smooth it over and talk to niggas. Like I feel like if Hove made a song like this, oh my god, all these niggas would have made this record yeah. for Hove. Yeah, Hove is also a bigger public figure. It just would probably mean that much more if it came from yeah, him. Yeah, because shit. I mean, look look what happened with Jay and Buster. Like Buster took yeah. it so personally when Jay said that he was animated. I ain't animated. Like say a Buster. It was just a line. <laughs> Like nigga, you were animated and you used to dress crazy. <laughs> like what? <laughs> How you get mad at that? I don't know. Um but yeah, like this song this song is it's interesting to me that that like you said, like none of these people got upset and it kinda was just a moment that went past. Mm-hmm. Hey Reg, you shave your balls? I do shave my balls. What product do you use? I use Manscaped. Especially the lawnmower trimmer four point oh. 
Wow. I need to check that out. I think you should. And with our code, RAPPINORDER20, you can get 20% off. Wow, Reg. Thanks for that. My girl's going to be so happy. Smooth as eggs. Um, so that was where they on that. Hip Hop is Dead features Will I Am. Kind of does the same flip of uh, of uh, Thief Steam. Of Thief Steam, yeah. Um, Thief Steam was way better, though. Thief Steam was way better. Um, I like what Will I Am did, and I think Will I Am doesn't get enough credit because he's because he's made so many pop hits. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that Will I Am doesn't get the credit that he deserves as a producer in hip hop. Period, and how much beat, and how much he loves hip hop. Yeah, this beat will probably sound amazing live. Yeah, and like Nas and Will I Am are like real life friends. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was in LA and I went to dinner at Tao, and like the first time I ever saw Nas, mm-hmm. and. I thought like it, it was crazy because when Nas walks, he moves his shoulders, like he walks like this, like, <laughs> like, cause like, like I looked and my boy was like, "That's Nas," and like I looked and watched him walk, and I was like, "That sure is Nas," like, cause you just see his shoulders just, just moving, moving and shit, like that nigga walk like a snake, <laughs> and um, he was having dinner with Will I Am, and I was like, "Damn, them niggas is real life friends," and I remember that Nas said that him and Will I Am had a lot of tracks that they did that they had that didn't make the album. And that they were, they that were, didn't make this album? Yeah, and they were looking to put out a, a project, and it just never came to fruition. But um, I think it was dope that, like, Will was like, yo, I really want to take that Apache beat and, like, do something with it again. And Nas was like, all right, mm. cool. Like, let's do it. Um, The song came out. It was cool. Remember the controversy? Because uh, Nas was uh, inciting um, violence against DJs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yo, that's crazy that, Wreck like... the DJ. Yeah, like, imagine that, like... You over here like playing a record and then niggas is like, yo, turn that shit off. Do what Nas said. Yeah, that, that's fucking, that's like an alternate universe. That's fucking crazy. Niggas bugging out trying to trying to get you to play Nas yeah. in a club. Yeah. That, that's, that's fucking wild. Put that nasty Nas on, nigga. <laughs> but yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so that leads us into Who Killed It. Who Killed It is produced by Will I Am and Salam. You see? So this is what uh, I was talking song. about. So some people think that this song is cheesy. I thought that this song was cool because Nas was doing the different voices yeah. and doing it from a different like kind of like uh, point of view. And it reminds me of the DMX song that's on his first album where like, uh, I forgot the name of the damn song, but where DMX, like he's telling he's telling oh, the story. No, not Damien, not Damien. It's like a, uh, it's like a, a I forgot, like, pretty much he plays a story. He tells a story, and then he plays the role of the cop, and he plays the role of the person oh, that's, dun, like, dun, in the house. Dun, yeah, dun. They, yeah. So, like, when he's, I like mm-hmm. it when rappers do that, and then, like, mm-hmm. they, they play the roles of the voices in, in the story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. So even though this song is cheesy, and I just thought it was a fun record, and I could tell that Nas had fun is, doing this, this shit, bro. so cheesy. It, I mean, it was cool to hear, because Nas is very straight-laced, and, like, yeah. he, he doesn't typically do some shit like this this was some slick rick shit bro yeah it was but it was just uh, it was so cringy so cringy i get it man i appreciate the storytelling in it but it was just uh i did not want this from him um what came after this let's see oh so that takes us into black republican black republican features jay-z it's produced by wildfire and les um this song man Ah, this song. What can I say about this song? I, this came after the I Declare War concert, because that was in 05. Uh, this song was very anticipated off of the strength of Hove and Nas's history. Like, you know, they had this crazy history. 
So you see them in the billing of this. Do you remember when you first heard this song? I I, I went to Target and bought this album that morning. The first song I went to was Black Republican. And I was like, oh, shit, Jay-Z's excited to be, you know, on a song with Nas. And oh, then, so you heard a clean cut of this song first, first time. Black Republican? Yeah, because, like, you know, people were, like, putting it up. But I wanted to hear it CD quality, so I was avoiding hearing it. Yeah, I heard this song as a rip on LimeWire. I downloaded mad shit. I got a bunch of those Bill Clinton clips because I yeah. kept not getting the right song. Yeah, I just wasn't. Then, I, I needed to hear it in my car. Yeah, I need like so. I I really like held out and yeah. This was like I think um the copy that I had was Flex because I was still in Detroit at the time. So the copy I had was Flex, just starting it over and over yeah. and over. And I'm like, bro, it was like when Otis premiered. Yeah, yeah. Like I knew I was in Atlanta, so I was able to avoid it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like they played it on the radio, but I listened to a lot of my own music. Cause I had a, a, an immaculate CD collection at that time that I missed very much, and um, basically, like I was just like, "All right, I listened to it. I was so underwhelmed." Yeah. Um. The 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 flip of the but beat is so dope. Hype in the it's from the um. Is 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 it from a scene in The Godfather? The beat flip. Mm-hmm. Um. I just felt like this is what they gave us, and then the fact of you know calling, saying that they felt like a black Republican has aged terribly now mm-hmm. right because you know obviously it's talking about having wealth and, and basically being able to do whatever you want to do and everything mm-hmm. like that obviously they couldn't call themselves the black diplomats yeah yeah yeah. right so i get it but um this was a letdown to be the first and I, i'll be honest with you there's not a nas and jay-z song that i enjoy you don't like success it's cool, but is is it what we expect like we it's like not to the yeah it's not it's not the it's not um on the same level of even though I know people hate Brooklyn's Finest, at the time Brooklyn's Finest did his job. Mm. There's a lot of people that hate Brooklyn's Finest. A lot of people Brooklyn don't. Finest did his job. I love Felix the Doe. Did, yeah, Finest. I love the Doe did his job. Yeah, right. So you got to think about like songs with like super powered artists or whatever like that. Like think about it. Like this is here goes one of my old my old shits. This is like a Big Daddy Kane and Rakim got together on a song and like it was like like lackluster. You don't hear nobody screaming out, put, put on that black Republican. Yeah, no. And you won't. Yeah, bro. Black like, Republican. But, but okay. So, the weird thing about it is, when you listen to their verses, I think overall as a song, as a song, it, it just doesn't hit. But when you listen to their verses, they really rapping. Yeah. Nas sounds great. Nas sounds, sounds great. Yeah. Like, they should have they should just saved those verses for their own separate songs. Yeah. Because... On this song, Jay took the time because at this time, this was when D. Haven was making those videos and they was going up all the time. And like um, LC or All Hip Hop was like reporting it. And Jay discusses, you know, his relationship growing up with D. Haven. Like he displays that he was like, she was, he was just the son of my mother's friend. Like he shitted on D. Haven. Like this Mm -hmm. nigga D. Haven saying they was best friends. He's the godfather of his daughter. And Jay's Mm -hmm. like, nigga, like we was, we was working together, but nigga, I knew you because you was the son of my mother's friend. Nigga, like we was, you know, we was coming up together. Nigga, you went to jail, shit ain't work out. nothing, nothing. I'm the son of my mother's friend. You know, I like how Nas come in. Like I walked through, like they hate, they like, hey Nas. Yeah. I just felt like this song together, like for this to be their first song, it wasn't good. Like, yo, welcome to New York City. Gets me more hyped than Black Republic. Oh, for sure. Exactly. But you yeah. see what I'm saying? That's a that's that's a that's a way back. That's a statement song though. That's like a yo, bro. Why the fuck wouldn't Nas and Jay Z make a song about New York City? I don't know. 
they should make that. You're right. Like you want to know what I, I you want to know what I enjoy more than anything when they perform Dead Presidents together. Oh yeah. When Jay Z and Nas perform Dead Presidents together, I fucking love it, and I wish that they would rework that song and do it that way. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing way that is worked. You know, Nas doing a hook, Jay hyping Nas up like ad libbing and shit. This that's song a, just that, wasn't a very it. selfless thing for Nas to do. By the way, yeah, very selfless thing. Like you being sampled in it, and then he made it a really. I mean, he made it high line, made it high song. But, like, what he did with the song, for him to take himself, his ego out of that and just be part of that for that moment to perform it. Yeah. I just feel that. Like, I just feel that like because in Nas's heart, like, you know, I, like him and Nas are friends now, but, like, Nas knows that Jay Z's a fan of his. Yeah. Yeah. He does. I, and I think the difference is Nas respects Jay, but he's not a fan of Jay. You think so? I don't think I've ever heard him. Well, he bigs him up in, like, the grand scheme of things. But I don't know if he even quotes that nigga. Yeah. Not like Nas respects Jay. Jay's a fan. Yeah. And this is me, Mr. Hovinger himself saying that. And I think Nas sleeps well knowing that. <laughs> like you a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and not I mean, and Hova tell you. Yeah. The way he Hov- breaks down his discography, that's a fan. Yeah. Like Jay's a fan. I don't think I, I guarantee you if you say like an album cut the Nas, you'd be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I never heard that. Yeah, shit. I never Word. heard that shit before. Word. Oh yeah. Word. Oh, okay. Word. Cool. Jay Jay knows everything <laughs> inside and out about Nas. What? Um. That that leads us to our next song, "Not Going Back," which features his wife at the time, Police, <laughs> and it's produced by Stargate. What the fuck um, was this song, son? <laughs> yo, you know what's crazy? Okay, so besides that opener that was so that was super weird with him shooting a gun and shit, and she's like, "What are you doing? Where are we? What are you doing?" Oh my god! Oh my is... god! Stop! Like, what? What are you doing? Um, besides that part, this is a dope song. They was drunk when they made this. Song. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a dope song, and I think Nas and Khalees actually have dope songs together that people don't talk about enough. Oh, you talking about the song off her album together. that they have together? Oh, yeah. I forgot the name. I, I think it's called like uh, I, I forgot the name. I know it's about sex, but I forgot the name of the song. I mean, it's um, cool. Blindfold me. Yeah, blindfold me. They That's, had blindfold me. Yeah. They had uh, they had um, popular thug. Yeah. They had this. They had like some good songs together. Yeah, I just this song, I enjoyed it, but I didn't need it. And yeah, yeah. I think this one was dope, but um, yes, ah. Uh, that takes us into this is a good three song stretch for me. Um, Still dreaming, Still dreaming features Chrisette Michelle and Kanye West. It's produced by Kanye West. What a time! Best song what on the time. album, and easily. This, this is all right. I'm one of those. I'm one of the few people that that likes Nasir. The album. You like the whole album? Yeah, I like the whole album. I like okay. Nasir. And usually when people tell me that they don't like it, they can't tell me what they don't like about it. I'm like, so is it the production? They're like, nah, the production's good. I'm like, is it Nas's lyrics? And they're like, nah, Nas's lyrics is fine. I'm like, so what's the problem? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't understand. Like, no one can tell me what sucks about the album. Kanye's beats don't suck. I think the Nas's I lyrics think, don't suck. Yeah, the song. I think the songs. I think the songs and 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 um and Nas Nas sounds uninspired on it. The best song on Nasir for me is Adam and Eve. That song is fire. Yeah, Adam and Eve. I like I like um Cop Shot the Kid as well. A lot. Yeah, that was yeah. It's so very, that's a very off thing for I me just, to be I just think of my head to Cop Shot the Kid. Like why would I bop <laughs> my head to that? <laughs> it's a very it's very off. I, I don't I don't like that song. <laughs> uh I just think that uh on that album, um 
I think whatever Jay and Mike Dean were doing, they didn't mix the album down properly. And that I think that uh, Nas and, and Kanye probably should have been in the studio a lot more. But the way Kanye was working, because not Kanye is a futurist, he was just like, oh, no, nah, just send the vocals over. I'll work everything else out. And I think that was the problem. They should have been in the studio together. They would have got better work. Because it's obvious with this song right here that they have together, so still dreaming, that they definitely have chemistry. Yeah. Kanye, two artists that I wish Kanye worked with more, The Game and Nas. Mm. Yeah, well, Kanye did a lot with Game. I want to. I want. I want Kanye to give Game a whole album. And I want him to give Nas a whole album. But I want to lock Kanye in the studio and not allow him to work on anything else. Mm. Yeah, Kanye. I really like Kanye's shit with Game. I would man. love for Kanye to go bankrupt and broke and have to like rework his shit, and then he have to work with those artists to get back to get back on top. <laughs> Knock on wood. Hopefully that really doesn't happen to Kanye. But um, but no, still dreaming is a perfect hip hop song. It's it's just so good. And I wish people would accept Chris at Michelle again. All she did was perform at the White House. And people said, nah, fuck you. We've yeah. seen way worse since then. Girl, fuck you. That's basically what they way said. Worse. Girl, We've seen people you. do way worse since then. And yeah. all she did, I think it was when she did it, though. Like, as it was happening. Like, his, was it was it the inauguration? Yeah. She yeah. performed? She performed at the inauguration. Yes. She took the money. People so was like, it was Yo. right as that was happening, as everybody is grappling with I the wish fact that this nigga about to be our, our yeah. president for the, for the next four years, yeah. and you come in and you go and you perform. Like it was just at the time, it was too much. But she's a phenomenal singer. I think you know people really got her out of here. People say cancel culture is fake. They got Chrisette Michelle out because of here. Because Chrisette Michelle, it was like we we was like, all right, you cool. You know, we love you on features. We know you can sing, but like she, she really pushed it. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. She really tried us and really like she like. I want to see how much I really like me. Yeah, we found um, out. But yeah, this is a it's a great fucking song. Great, great song. Uh, that takes us into hold down the block. Hold down the block is produced by Mark Batson. Um, what do we think? Sounds like another Nas song. Sound like I heard this song before. Yes, yes, yes. I I feel like I even wrote that in my notes. What did I write in my notes? Oh yeah, let, yeah, basically. But it does sound like a throwaway Nas song. Yeah, like he like, dialed he dialed it in at yeah, this point. Yeah, he dialed it in on that one. He was um, like, yeah, I just need another song. Yeah, and then this one throws us into Blunt's Blunt Ashes, which everyone's fun fact about this song is what Chris Webber produced it. That Chris Webber produced the song. Um, and it's not even that great of a beat. Like it was just like cool that Chris Webber produced it, um, which I I was listening back and I'm like, whatever happened to Chris Webber producing things? Like he still he just... I, I think he works with like artists that like he fucks with. Like Chris Webber has a label. Okay. Um, I just feel that like, you know, he doesn't deserve that to be mm -hmm. allowed to do that for what he did in that um, championship game with Michigan when he called the timeout when they didn't have any timeouts left. I feel like he shouldn't be allowed to uh, enjoy things. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the Fab Five had won that national championship, dogs? Oh my God! <laughs> they had two shots at it. Oh man, it's just insane to me. Like Chris Webber, like this was all on you. And then when they got, you know, they had to go to court for all that shit for like taking money from boosters and shit. He throws niggas under the bus. Jalen Rose went there, did what he had to do. Yo, yeah, yeah, he definitely gave his money. Chris Webber went in there and lied like an idiot and said, I don't know who that man is. I don't know. I'm just bitter at Chris Webber. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going off on a tangent. Chris Webber, fun fact about Chris Webber that I like to share. His mom used to teach at my high school. Nice. High school I graduated from, yeah. Um, Mrs. Webber, every, that was the OG. Uh, but Let There Be Light is the next song. 
features Trey Williams, who I actually thought was Anthony Hamilton. Um, Kanye, Kanye knows some good soul singers. Yeah. And it's produced by Devo Springsteen and Kanye West. Mm-hmm. This is this is a Nas song. <laughs> this is a type of Nas song that has been made over 10 million times. Yeah. I do, but this song is I love it. I love this song. It's mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's inspirational. It sounds like it should be played um you know in those Will Packer movies, those those black Will Packer movies. Yeah. Like uh when the family has like a crisis and then everything comes together and Big Mama's alive, like this song should oh, be played. Yeah. This, song, <laughs> this song will play. Yeah. <laughs> this song will play. Um okay. So that takes us into Play on Player. Play on Player features Snoop Dogg. It's produced by Scott Storch. I like this song. I do too. And I did not think that I would like this song in current day. Mm-hmm. Um realizing like, yo, like it was like a laid back off between Snoop and, and Nas. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um both of them sound really cool. I mean Snoop's always sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Both of them sound cool as fuck on this. And Snoop's verse is great. Yeah, Snoop's verse is great. I mean, he always brings it. And I just was like really Really impressed that Scott Storch got in it. Like Scott Storch, like we know him for like you know his club bangers and his hits, but like he's a very very uh multifaceted producer, and I don't think that he because of like everything happened for him so fast and like um the way he as fast as he was producing, I think a, a lot of his talents got overshadowed because things got so big so fast for him and then his mm-hmm. drug addiction and everything like that. Yeah, I really think that uh, Scott Storch is a really good producer, and I just I wish that. I wish that uh, he had like a slower rise because I think that we would have got even more music. I think so too. I think a lot was being. I think with a lot of these producers, we've seen it happen time and time again. Like with Lex Luger, I wonder where the fuck he is. Like Lex Luger, so much got thrown at him in such yeah. a short time span. Lex Luger and Young Chop. Yeah, that he wasn't. Yeah, that he wasn't able to like really put and capitalize the way he needed to. I forget what beat it was that didn't sound like the typical Lex Luger beat. And people was like, "Word, you did that." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not just BMF, nigga. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not just uh, ham, huh?" I'm gonna tell you right now. I forget which one it was, but it didn't sound like your typical Lex Luger beat. And he had the best drums in hip hop. And one he point. made, yeah, and he made a video saying like, "Yo, like people keep calling me and asking me for these type of beats because these type of beats are blowing up. Mm-hmm. So now it sounds like I just keep making the same shit." And I was like, "Damn, I feel you, bro. But get yeah. this money." Oh well. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. One last thing. Nas and and Snoop have a lot of career parallels as far as the way their career started and like things that have happened for them. They both had highly anticipated debut albums. Prior to their debut albums, they had highly, um, very highly praised like uh, opening guest verses. Mm -hmm. Um, They went through periods of like downtime, right? Of where like people were saying that like they fell off, right? Um, and then, like, they have, like, the rise of aging in hip-hop and becoming, like, moguls. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of shit that I skip, right? But yeah, what I'm just yeah, saying yeah. is it's just are... that, like, their parallels are, like, yeah. pretty. And then you got to think, like, they represented, like, a resurgence. Because, basically, uh, Snoop was basically the rock. Like, I know N.W.A. was, like, a thing and The Chronic was a thing. But, like, Snoop was, like, the face of the West Coast. And at one point... When Nas came out, basically he was the second coming of Rakim, and like kind of like, like New York hip hop was kind of becoming, I guess, too happy for some people, mm-hmm. and like he kind of like brought back that dark element, talking about the street side of New York, and both of their both of their debut albums was so anticipated, mm-hmm. and like such like a big deal, and like are like praise to this day, Doggy Style and Illmatic, 
I, I could say if like as much as I, I love Jay Z, if someone said you you could only listen to Doggy Style and Matter for the rest of your life, I'll be okay. Really? Wow. Like those two albums, like it's all I need. And I, and, I, and you know, I, I I would be really upset that I could never hear Reasonable Doubt again. But I'm just saying, Elmatic and Doggy Style, those two albums probably are like cornerstones in hip hop for a very very long time. For what like even like the impact that it had, Elmatic was so anticipated when I asked like older people like what was going on like before that, and people was like, "Yo, after he did back at the live at the barbecue, then back to the barbecue verses, and then when Snoop did his deep cover verse, like." That was it. Like, don't like you gotta. You wanna know another thing? They probably could have got way more money from their record labels. They just didn't know how to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Like Nas and Snoop Dogg should have like been. They told them to back up to give them blank checks. They could have. They had that power back then. Like th- they didn't know it though. But I'm yeah. just saying, like for what they like, how anticipated they those two debuts were, and they both what, what Snoop was 93 and and then uh, uh, Nas was 94. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like. Them niggas could have said, yo, I want 500 million. <laughs> I mean, as much as I enjoy those albums, I'll lose my fucking mind. They Damn. told me that <laughs> uh, that all I had to, all I could listen to for the rest of my life is Doggy Style and Illmatic. Damn. I wake up and I hear Gin and Juice, I would like throw up, bro. Like, <laughs> Damn, again? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> I can't do this no more. <laughs> Are there two albums that you could just. I don't think so. I don't think okay, so. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Just over and over. Yeah, again. just okay. over and over. I can't. I okay, can't. no album. Okay, there's no albums. Every okay. day, the rest of my life. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But Can't Forget About You features Chris Sapp Michelle, and it's the next song, and it's produced by Will I Am. Um, I always liked this song. Yeah, I always like this song. Shout back out to then. Nat King Cole, man. Yeah, great sample. Um, You got. Who was on the piano? Who? Was there a special appearance in this video? I don't. I've never watched this video. I feel like <laughs> I don't watch oh, Natalie videos. Cole. Natalie Cole popped up at the end. Oh, that's dope. Playing the piano with her dad on the screen. Okay, that that's, was cool. That is yeah. dope. Yeah, but I don't like Nas video. I've never been interested in seeing a Nas video. Nah, Cherry yeah. Wine was cool. You should check out Cherry Wine. All right, maybe. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, this is always a great song. It's so like seasonal. Like it, it feels right around this time of year. Um. Great song, great beat, great flip on that on that uh on that sample. Takes us into Hustlers. Hustlers closes out this album. Hustlers features the game. It's produced by Dr. Dre, and it fe- and it also features Marsha Ambrose's, who Dr. Dre fucking loves and adores. Mm-hmm. Um, and who he's making a whole project with right now. Really, mm-hmm. that's dope. Yeah, damn man, we ain't gonna hear that out for another four years. I know. <laughs> He's making a whole project with her. He got her doing retakes and all that and sessions and Mm -hmm. all that shit. Um, But yeah, this is this was great. This was one of those that leaked before the album came out, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, okay, like because I think this leaked before Kingdom Come came out because Kingdom Come was the same year. It was a month before this actually, and I was like, "Okay, Nas is bringing it. Like, this sounds great." I can imagine Dr. Dre being so annoyed in the studio with Game, like just praising Nas so much. Mm-hmm. He was like, listen, y'all just take this beat do whatever the fuck y'all want to do with it because I'm sick of y'all niggas. Like, I, I feel like uh, this was a cool way to close out the project, but I mean... Nas said it, something on here that was so weird to me. 
Like he always gets in these bags where he like he's rapping good and then he just has these weird ass throwaway bars. Like on here he said, uh, and if I'm saying that soul plane movie's the bomb, and then he said, Word to my mom the name tattooed to my arm. Like, what, nigga? <laughs> that soul plane movie is so fire, yo. That's word to the tattoo of my mom's name. Like, what, nigga? Nas that's a, what you Nas is a super like hood nigga. Yeah, I swear to God, but still, like, you swear on your mom that soul soul plane is fire. Nas is a super hood nigga, bro. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a great song, and and I don't know, it's kind of odd that it's a closer. I feel like this was oddly placed, but um, and because they had weird. so many, he had this was still when CDs were a big thing because like there's so many, there's a Target version, there's a Walmart version, um, with different endings and shit like that. There's an iTunes exclusive, mm-hmm. like. So like he has, there's like three or four more tracks um, yeah. for whatever version that you're listening to. And it's always a little weird to me when people get Dr. Dre for one beat on the album. It's because it's a hair nigga damn. Yeah. One beat on the album. Like, yo, Dr. Dre, we got that magic, man. What's usually, up? yeah, usually people have like three, maybe even four songs from Dre just like spread out on the album. He had one. It was a hair nigga damn, I yeah. promise you. Um, but that closes out this album. I mean, of course, it goes on to have like an acapella version of a song, and then it closes out with like another bonus song. But uh, Hustlers officially closes it off. Hip Hop is Dead, 2006. What did you think? What's your rating? I gave it three out of five. Um, you, it's hard to it's hard to not find something in in Nas's lyrics because he's so talented and he's an extraordinary um, artist Mm -hmm. but i just think that uh i would have liked for him to have followed more of the title of the album like if hip-hop is it explain to me why it's dead my nigga Mm -hmm. tell me like you know so i feel like it was a lot of like missed opportunities i feel like a lot of um product like i will never i will not be satisfied until Nas does another album that's entirely produced by large large professor DJ Premier, LES. Um, I guess Hip Boy will have to be in that mix now because him and Hip Boy's chemistry is so good. But I will not be satisfied. I will not rest until he does that and like works with those producers again and, and gives me that project. And that probably will never happen. If I ever meet Nas, I'm definitely saying that to him. I'm and I, I'm gonna make sure I say it as respectful as possible because I don't want Jungle to, to cut me. But yeah, Jungle um, will definitely be there looking yeah, at you. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that like I make that as clear as possible to him. To Nas, that uh, I, like that's what I want. I want the most um, Dawn-like album possible that he can give me, like, um, and with those producers, and then just make that project. And you know what? I'm even cool if he calls the album King of New York. Mm. Like Goodfellas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know, that's a time frame that he never leaves. He loves that time frame in, in his yeah. raps, so that's not far fetched. I would love it. It'll ruffle some feathers. It'd be nice. It, yeah, cool. I mean, Nas, he made an album called The Nigga Album. He loves ruffling yeah, feathers. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go ahead and give this a three as well. Three out of five. I think Nas, um, with the lane that he was in, the idea was so was much bigger than the album's outcome. Like I think I think his idea on this album was to call some people out. It's kind of like the early days of like you take what. Kendrick did with control. I think Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Nas 
what this was Nas' way of doing that before yeah. before Kendrick perfected it the way that he did. Yeah, this I is agree. Nas's way of trying to call people out at the time um, to get everybody on board with with New York, right? If I'm taking his word for what he said today, we're getting people, getting the rappers from New York on board with like, yo, like we losing our touch, like let's get out here. These young niggas is like lapping us, mm-hmm. you know, and calling people out. But the way that he did it was still too chill. And you take what Kendrick did with Control, where he called out names. And he said, yo, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm the king of this shit. Like, the way that he did it was just more brash and more straightforward. Yeah. I think Nas needed to be more straightforward to get his point across. Um, also, the fact that, you know, you have, like, the most anticipated um, collaboration on this album, and it falls so flat, I think it, it takes out a lot of the win of this album. Yeah, it does. If him and Jay, I'll say this, if him and Jay-Z had a better song together, people would probably just call this shit a classic just off the strength of that. Yeah, I think so too. That's a and fact. And that'd be a reason to, for people to revisit this album as a whole. But it's still, I think it's still worth revisiting just to hear where Nas was at in 06 compared to now where he's just like rapping like everything is off his chest. Like he's just kind of, he raps much lighter now. Like it feels, and he's right, he's still finding new flows. Yeah. You know, he's almost yeah, 50. He, he's he's fucking talented, man. Like yeah. Nas is, is gifted. He is he is what the what the people will call a a, a pro, he was a child prodigy that be, that went on to become a a grown ass man genius. Mhm. But um but yeah, that that'll be it for us, man. 3 3 out of 5 I think is solid. I'm first class Reg and I'm Torian B. And that's it. We out of here. Peace. Catch you guys next time.